0: Thank you for choosing the podcast of East Haven Baptist Church in Brookhaven, Mississippi. For more information on the ministries of East Haven and to access videos and sermon notes from our services, visit www.easthaven.net. Well, we are wrapping up our series, By My Spirit, this morning, and we're looking at two passages, and we're just kind of using those passages as a springboard for the rest of the passages we're looking at. So we're going to pick up in John chapter 20, verse 19. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. And then in Acts chapter 1, verse 3, we find these words. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father is fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. We find in John that the disciples are scared. And we have to understand, I know so often we may may look at the fear of the disciples after the crucifixion and the burial of Jesus. And we may say, but, but if they had just believed, if they had just listened, if, if they only knew, they, they wouldn't have been afraid. Well, perhaps... But we we look at this understanding that we are coming from a historically privileged position of knowing the rest of the story, of knowing only the rest of the story, but we have everything that's going to happen as recorded in the book of Revelation. And so we have all of that information that we can look upon. And we do have to understand, putting ourselves in the disciples' shoes, they've just watched their teacher, they've just watched their friend, they've just watched the God man himself whom they have walked with for three years, be brutally tortured and murdered and hung on a cross, and then his body, definitively dead, put into a tomb. And so all the promises and all the things that they had heard from him, now they have to think, are we next? And so they are there, they're they're together, and they've locked themselves in this room for fear of that the Jewish authorities were going to come and do the same thing to them. But then the resurrected Lord appears to them. And then we find, before Jesus ascends to heaven, he tells them, that the passage we just looked at in the book of Acts, to stay in Jerusalem, wait for the promise of the Father. Wait for the Holy Spirit to come, because he says, when the Holy Spirit has come, you are going to receive power, you're going to be my witnesses, not only here, not only in the outskirts and farther out in Judea and Samaria, but to the ends of the earth, you're going to be my witnesses. Jesus says, stay in Jerusalem, wait for the Holy Spirit. Let me give you another translation. This is the Dustin George translation, right? Don't do this by yourself. Don't try to go and make my kingdom grow. Don't try to go and make me known without the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't try to do it on your own power. Because if, if they were capable of doing this by their own power, Jesus would have said, you've seen me, the resurrected Lord, that's enough. Go out and accomplish my mission. But clearly that wasn't enough. Clearly they needed something, more accurately, someone else to empower them. They needed the power of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus says, don't leave Jerusalem without the Holy Spirit. Don't try to go and accomplish my purposes, God's plan, without the Holy Spirit. Because God is going to empower them for a bold public witness. And he does the same for us. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we will have a bold public witness. When we started this series, we said there are three things about the Holy Spirit we needed to bear in mind. And if we bore those three things in mind, it would keep us, as I said, out of a theological ditch. It will keep us out of a lot of theological error if we held three things in mind. The first thing we said was the person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not a power. The Holy Spirit is not an energy. The Holy Spirit is not a feeling. The Holy Spirit is not a force. The Holy Spirit is a person. He is God. And as God, the Holy Spirit will never disagree with the Word of God. He will never contradict the Word of God because the Word of God is just that, the Word of God. And the Holy Spirit will never contradict himself. No more than God can contradict himself because the Holy Spirit is God. So we talked about the person of the Holy Spirit. We talked about the presence of the Holy Spirit. We said that the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament will come upon people for period of time to accomplish a specific task for god but then the holy spirit would depart but as we're going to find today that at the beginning of the church we find the holy spirit comes and the holy spirit indwells believers and remains and so now if you're a follower of christ you have the holy spirit the holy spirit has come and indwelt you and remains now we are filled multiple times by the holy spirit but there's only one indwelling Filling is when we surrender to his leading, we surrender to his power. It doesn't mean that we just go blank and we don't remember anything and we wake up and we say, what happened? And someone says, well, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't you remember everything that happened? That's not how it works. The Holy Spirit speaks through us, uses the words that we have, uses our thoughts, and the Holy Spirit empowers us to make Jesus known, which is the last thing we talked about the person, the presence. And then we said the primary role, the primary role of the Holy Spirit is to exalt Jesus. So when we find looking through the Bible, when someone is filled with the Holy Spirit, the, the thing that is the characteristic for someone filled with the Holy Spirit, you don't find mentioned in the Bible. Every time someone is filled with the Holy Spirit, they speak in tongues. That's not what you find. Sometimes that happens. We'll look at one of those today. Sometimes that happens, but not all the time. Why? Because the primary role of the Holy Spirit is to exalt Jesus. And so we find that that characteristic exists in every occasion when someone's filled with the Holy Spirit. They exalt Jesus. They make him known. They have a bold public witness for Christ. So I just want us to take that idea of bold public witness and look through the Bible and look at... What does that mean for us? When we are empowered by the Holy Spirit for a bold public witness, what does that mean? The first thing it means is that the Holy Spirit empowers us to share a clear and confident message. That's the idea of boldness. So many times we look at boldness in the Bible and we say, well, they're courageous. Yes, they are. But it's not just courage in the message. It is a clear message. It's a plain spoken message message. The Holy Spirit empowers a very clear and confident message. So whenever we find that the Holy Spirit is empowering people in the New Testament, it's very clear, it's very confident, it's very plain, and it's very courageous whenever they speak. If we start out in Acts chapter 2 verse, tw- uh, verse 32, let me give you sort of, before we get to this point, let me give you the, the backstory. story. It's the Feast of Pentecost one of the pilgrim feasts of Israel. Jews from all over the known world would have traveled back to Jerusalem to worship at this particular feast. And so at the Feast of Pentecost, we find that all these Jews who were from all these different countries, but had their origins there in the Holy Land, there in Israel, they would have returned with God's command as he commanded in the Old Testament. They would have returned for one of these pilgrim feasts. They would have made their pilgrimage to worship. And so they're there from many, many different nations. They're there understanding and speaking many different languages. And so they all come together in Jerusalem, and we find that this promise from the Father that Jesus has mentioned in Acts chapter 1, in Acts chapter 2, we see the Holy Spirit coming and filling these followers of Christ. And so what do they begin to do? They begin to exalt Jesus. And as they exalt Jesus, they are given the power to speak in these different known languages. And the people who have traveled from all over the known world, they are now hearing God's works being proclaimed, the glory of Jesus being exalted. They hear it in their own language because the Holy Spirit enabled them to speak in these known languages so that these people, these unbelieving Jews from other nations would be able to hear. Notice in Acts chapter 2 verse 32. Peter then preaches because everyone is saying, what's going on here? What's going on with this? What What's happening? Are these people, These people must be drunk. That's one of the things that they say. And Peter says, they're not drunk. It's still early in the morning. They must have started really, really early in order to be drunk by this time. But Peter gives this incredible sermon, and in Acts chapter 2, verse 32, he says this, Jesus, God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. Peter says, what you're seeing, what you're hearing, this is the power of the Holy Spirit that God himself had promised in ages past. And then he continues to preach. And we find in Acts chapter two, just dropping down to verse 36, let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus, whom you crucified. Look at their response. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Peter has a very plain message. He has a very clear message. He has a very bold message. It's a message of of courage whenever he is very plainly saying, repent of your sins and receive Jesus repent of your sins repent turn from your sins turn toward Christ alone and we find that thousands come to Christ that day When we went on our trip to Israel we found uh, that we were standing outside of the temple area and we got to go to the southern steps where where all of this historians say this is where this sermon was preached here on these southern steps this is where the birthplace of the church was right here on these southern steps of the temple complex and they were surrounding that these jewish ritual baths that people would go into and they would they would wash off and ceremonially purify themselves before worshiping and we find that this was the place where that these early believers here on this this birthday of the church where they were baptized I I I walked there was no water in them now but I I walked down in there the guide was talking about them and I thought well I just want to get inside one of these so I just walked down there and then she started looking for me and she was saying where is he he's down in this bath. Okay, so he's he's already because I was just so excited. I wanted to walk in the footsteps where the people where they first received the power of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit came in and dwelt them. The birthplace of the church, the birthday of the church on this day. I wanted to see what this was like. I wanted to walk in those places because this is where you find that Peter, Peter, for goodness sake. Mr. I don't know about this, Mr. always getting his foot stuck in his mouth, uh, fearful about all these things, the guy that that denied that he even knew Jesus, and now here he is standing on the southern steps, boldly proclaiming Christ to this crowd of pilgrims who have come to worship God in the temple. What a change. How did that happen? The Holy Spirit of God empowered him for a clear and confident message. He can be bold. This isn't the only time you find boldness mentioned. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12, Paul writes, Since we have such a hope, we are very bold. If you have your hope, your confident and favorable expectation of future reality, you have that hope wrapped up in Jesus, you can be very bold. You can be extraordinarily bold. You can be clear. You can be confident in the message. You don't have to be mean about it. You don't have to be harsh about it. But you can be clear and confident in the message. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 2. Paul writes, but though we had already suffered and been shamefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we had boldness in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in the midst of much conflict. Here's Paul saying, we're in, the midst of, we're, we're in the midst of our enemy. We're in the midst of people who disagree. We're in the midst of people who want to shut us up and have us to sit down. He says, but in the midst of that, we are bold for Christ. You find this was the prevailing thing that marked the apostles. You find over in, a little further in Acts, over in Acts chapter 4, that, that Peter... And the apostles were there. A man has been healed. And then they're preaching. And you find that the Jewish leaders don't don't like this at all. And so they're brought before the council, this Jewish council, and they are questioned. What, what's going on? You have to stop this. You can't keep preaching this way. But in Acts chapter 4, verse 27, listen to, listen to what Peter says. Well, Peter preaches, I'm sorry, Peter preaches, and then they tell him, don't preach this Jesus anymore. So the apostles go to the other believers and they pray. What do they pray for? They pray, Lord, um, Lord, uh, move those people out of the way so that we're able to, to preach and we're able to teach without opposition. No, that's not what they pray. Do do they pray, Lord, uh, give us opportunities where we can operate under the radar? No, that's not what they pray. Listen to what they pray. Acts 4.27. For truly, this is there in their prayer. For truly in this city, there were gathered together against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. So they're saying, well, wasn't a surprise to you, Lord. This is part of your plan. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. You see what they pray? God, look at the threats of our enemy and give us boldness to keep preaching. Give us boldness to keep saying what we should say while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders to perform through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. That is a prayer meeting there. They prayed and at the end of the prayer, there was an earthquake. God shook the ground. He shook the building that they were in. Sort of as an agreement, okay, I'll do it. And they were filled with power. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they went out and they had a clear and confident message. Can I just tell you, as people within the church of God today, church of the living God, church that follows Christ alone, we within the kingdom should be the most clear and confident people when it comes to this message. But so often we live all too often like the disciples before the coming of the Holy Spirit as compared to the disciples after the Holy Spirit. We tend to get scared, hunker down, hide out. Whereas you see the the disciples when they're filled with the Holy Spirit, they're bold, they're clear, they're confident. I had a guy come to a Bible study a number of years ago and he looked at me afterwards and he says, I just think it's crazy that you think what you think. And I just want to tell you, it disturbs me that you believe that Jesus is the only way. And there were some people standing around. This guy was clearly not a follower of Christ. And he said, I just want you to know how disturbing that is to me. And I looked at him and I said, Can I tell you what's disturbing to me? What's disturbing to me is where you are headed. And the fact that you are blinded in your sin and you have no concept of reality. I am more scared for you than you're ever going to be for me, bro. Well, he didn't like that. And some people around me said, man, that's that was kind of, don't you think that was kind of bold? And I said, yeah, but the guy's heard the gospel, what I was preaching, what I was teaching. He's heard the gospel. He's heard it again and again and again during this Bible study. And the first thing he wants to say to me after hearing this again and again is... I'm really afraid of what you believe. I'm really afraid that for you that you believe that. I'm not afraid that I believe that. I'm afraid for those who have not yet heard or for those who have heard and said no. So we owe it to the world to give a clear and confident message. And the world's not going to like it. But we have a clear and confident message. It is a bold, public witness. Which brings us to the second idea. It's public. It's a bold message. It's a clear and confident message. And that clear and confident message has a purpose to make Jesus known, to make him known. That's it. The primary role of the Holy Spirit is to exalt Jesus. And if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, there is a clear and confident message that you will convey. And that message is to make Jesus known in Acts chapter 13. Notice what happens. This is verse 52. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. So we know we're starting out, they're filled with the Holy Spirit in this account. Look what happens in Acts 14, immediately following. Now at Iconium, they entered together into the Jewish synagogue and spoke in such a way that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So they remained for a long time, speaking boldly for the Lord, who bore witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. And then what do they do? They make Jesus known and they make him known publicly. They make him known. I can't tell you the number of times I've talked to people over the years and they would say something like this. Well, I really can't live for Christ in my business. I really can't live for Christ among certain members of my family. I really can't live for Christ... Among certain members of the community, I really can't live for Christ and make him known among some of my friends because I'm afraid of what they'll think. I'm afraid of what they'll say. I'm afraid, as one guy told me, I'm afraid I would lose business if I operated by Christian principles. Can I just tell you anybody who is fearful of that, fearful in that way, is not filled with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit empowers us to a bold public witness. Now, there may be times where, you know, you say, at this exact moment, this may not be the moment to say this, and the Holy Spirit gives us discernment with that, but I'm just saying that as a whole, whenever we are approaching, and you know what I'm talking about, there, there, there are certain people that, that I've shared the gospel with, and 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 I know there are certain moments that, okay, this is, uh, I, I'm, I'm sensing this is... We're going to share the gospel here. And there are times where there's that person that I am need to find out some more information before I do that. But ultimately, the idea is we're sharing it. Ultimately, the idea is as we get to it, we're sharing it. And it's a clear and confident message. And it's to make Jesus known. Look at John 16, 15. Jesus says, this will be the role of the Holy Spirit. He will glorify me. So he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Jesus expects us to have a bold public witness to make him known. Listen to this very sobering promise Jesus makes. Matthew chapter 10, verse 32. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. That's serious. Jesus says, if you make me known, I know you. And if I know you, my father's going to know you because I'm going to declare it before him. But if you refuse to make me known, that means you don't even know me. You refuse to make me known. I'm going to be as a parallel passage says, I will be ashamed of you. So we are to have a bold public witness. I remember when I was a small child, there was a certain teacher of mine that I was really intimidated by. And I was in first grade. I was intimidated by this teacher. More my art is my art teacher. I was just something about him. I was just really intimidated by. Him. And I remember my mother sat me down on the couch and I remember she got on her knees and she put her hands on my knees and she said, son, I want you to remember one thing. He is a human. What can he do to you? And, and from that point on, it was like, oh, wait, he's just a human. He's just like me okay well then I can then I can I'm all right I can navigate that my mom recently told me she said remember when I told you that she said yeah she said I think you may have learned it a little too well (laughs) because because you get yourself into some things and and I'm sitting there thinking wow okay I said well you told me they were just humans and she said "I, I know but you know honey you know there are times maybe you can dial it right We can make him known, though, with this clear and confident message. Because surrounding us, they are just people. They are people, though, who are in need of salvation. They are in need of the message of the gospel. They are in need of the knowledge of the Holy One. They are in need of that clear and confident message that makes Christ known. It's a bold, public message witness. That word witness that Jesus uses in Acts chapter 1 is the word from which we get our word martyr from. Someone who dies for the faith. Someone who dies for their beliefs. And when Jesus uttered it, it was understood. You will be my martyrs in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You will give your lives for this. You look over the lives of the apostles, you look at the lives of the disciples, you find this is the case. Whether they, many most of them died, you have John that lived to an old age, but John suffered incredible torture and imprisonment and isolation and exile and all sorts of other things. But you find that many of them did. In fact, many of these early believers, not just here in their early church, but throughout church history have given their lives as being witnesses for Christ, making him known. It's a bold public witness. The Holy Spirit empowers us to share a clear and confident message to make Christ known regardless of the cost. That's part of being a witness because we recognize the message that we are conveying is more important than anything else. The message of salvation is more important than our physical well-being. That's more important. It's more important than what society says. It's more important than what the government says. It's more important than what our neighbors say. It's more important than what our coworkers think. It's more important than any of these things. Making him known regardless of the cost. In Acts chapter 5, let me back up and before we get to this passage, we're looking at in Acts chapter 5, verse 29. Let's let's back up a little bit and talk about what's happened we find that they're preaching and we find that they are taken the apostles and they're put in prison and after they're put in prison an angel appears there in the night this is different than the prison there in philippi the angel appears at night wakes them up and says go to the temple and preach go to the temple and preach this message go to the temple and share these words of life you go do that and so the, the jailer, when he comes in in the morning, he's looking around. Maybe he's doing his count. <laughs> they're too short. So they, they go to the Jewish leaders and they say, okay, we're those guys. that were in prison. They're gone and the door's still locked. And we don't know where they are. And then someone shows up. And mind you, they go there and they start preaching at daybreak, the Bible says. Someone shows up and says, those two guys that you had in custody, yeah, they're preaching at the temple. So how comedic is this? So they go and they retrieve them, but because now they have a group of people around them, they kind of do it kind of quietly. They don't take them by force and they take them back and they question them. And they were like, listen, you, we've already told you once. And now we imprisoned you because you didn't listen to us the first time. And so now we're telling you, you have to stop this preaching. Look at what Peter says, Acts five twenty nine. But Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Wow. Again, here's Peter. Bold, public witness to them, regardless of the cost. So they're trying to figure out what we're going to do with them. And the Jews are trying to think through that. And then one of them says, listen, guys, I don't think you need to hurt these guys because you remember in the past, we've had people who have said they're somebody and who tried to lead revolts and revolutions and stuff. What became of them? Nothing. So if this is is not from God, it's gonna die out on its own. But if this is from God, i don't think you want to be messing with these guys so the bible says that they agree and then they beat them and turn them loose i mean you know they get they get out without being executed but they do take a beating and then the bible says that they leave and they're rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer for the name of jesus when's the last time you had that response Someone realizes you're a Christian at your workplace, they start making fun of you, they start ridiculing you, and you get in the car to go home and you think, thank you God, I'm just going to rejoice that I was counted worthy to suffer for the name of Jesus. We don't normally think that way. Well, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you recognize that these are people who do not know Christ, who need to know Christ, that they need the message. We don't, we, we don't have to get angry at them and upset with them. There's a pity that exists or should exist within our heart. There's a compassion that should exist within us recognizing they do not know God and they need Christ because let's understand there are only two types of people in the world. People who are in their sin without God or people who were once in their sin and without God who now know Christ. So those are the only two options. So we are to have a bold public witness to make Christ known regardless of the cost listen to what peter writes and now we have this background we understand peter is writing and he is writing and his words are absolutely true and he has a lived-in experience with these words of truth first peter chapter 3 verse 15 but even if you should suffer for righteousness sake you will be blessed Speak it in a gentle way. Speak it by the power of the Holy Spirit. And conduct yourselves in such a way when somebody is reviling you for the way that you are living your life. Ultimately, they will be ashamed because you are living in accordance with the righteousness found in Christ. That's what we are to live as. We are to live as his witnesses. We are to live as his representatives. We live as his ambassadors. This is exactly what Jesus had promised john chapter 15 verse 26 when the helper comes whom i will send to you from the father the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father he will bear witness about me and you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning this is the holy spirit is going to bear witness of me the holy spirit is going to make me known The Holy Spirit is going to empower you for this clear and confident message, and you're going to transmit that message regardless of the cost, and it's going to be the ultimate cost for many of them, and we find it's still the ultimate cost for many people around the world. There are brothers and sisters in Christ this morning who cannot meet in the way that we are meeting because to do so would be a death sentence, and they are meeting in secret, and they are bringing people to Christ underground. They're bringing people to Christ underneath the radar of so many of these government agencies and these people, their enemies who are watching them, trying to watch every move, trying to catch them in the midst of worshiping Christ alone. So we find that we enjoy an incredible freedom here. We should be the most bold people for Christ ever because of the freedoms that we enjoy that you don't find many nations in the world that have this degree of freedom. But will it cost? yes might it cost us everything everything temporal yes you look back at stephen the example of stephen first martyr of the church you look back in the life of stephen and we find that stephen is filled with the holy spirit and stephen preaches a clear and confident message in acts chapter 7 we're not going to read all of it but he preaches this clear and confident message he makes christ known And you find in Acts chapter 7 verse 54, when they, those are the Jewish leaders, when they heard these things, they were enraged and they ground their teeth at him. But he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, behold, I see the heavens open and the son of man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears, rushed together at him and they cast him out of the city and stoned him Stephen gave his life as the first martyr for the church and Stephen was a bold public witness for Christ he had a clear and confident message made Christ known regardless of the cost now does that mean that every single one of us is going to face this same thing no we can't say that you know sometimes the bible is descriptive it's not always prescriptive Just because the Bible describes it doesn't mean that's exactly what's going to happen. If the Bible prophesies it, yes, it's going to actually happen. But there are things in the Bible, and people do certain things in the Bible, that clearly the Bible says, don't do those things. So just because the Bible describes it doesn't mean the Bible prescribes it. So does that mean that every single one of us is going to give our physical lives for the gospel? No. But might we? Yes. But most definitely, we will sacrifice something, if we're filled with the Spirit, for the message of the gospel. We will. I have lost friends. I have have seen rooms divided whenever you start talking about Jesus being the only way. There was a time I was invited to pray at an event and... The organizers, right before I went on stage, I had the organizers, one of the organizers pulled me aside and they said, just, just so you know, there's a mixed group of people here at this event. I said, okay. And the organizer looked at me and she said, so we don't want to offend anybody. And I thought, ma'am, you picked the wrong guy. I mean, I mean do you know me? You picked the wrong guy, all right? And I said, so what are you saying? I need you to really be clear about this. And she said, everybody's okay with you mentioning God because everybody has a different idea of God. But let's just not mention Jesus because if we do, then some people are going to get upset. And I said, well, here are your options. Option one is you go up there and pray yourself and I'll get in the car and go home. Option two is Jesus is mentioned. She said, well, I'd like option three, you pray because you're on the program, you pray and Jesus isn't mentioned. I said, that's not A or B, it's only two options. There is either no me and no Jesus, or there's me and Jesus, that's it. So she said, well, I'm going to, I'm going to get emails. And I said, well, forward them to me. And I got on the stage and prayed in Jesus name and shared the gospel in the prayer And and I'm not ashamed of that. And did did anybody get upset? I don't know. I didn't hear it. But the idea is that we cannot cannot afford to have a less clear message, a less confident message, or to make Jesus less than perfectly known as the only way and truth and life, the way, the truth, the life. We can't afford to do that. Because of the responsibility of the gospel that's been given to us. And so we share all of this regardless of the cost. Can I just tell you, the cost of not sharing is greater. The cost of not sharing is eternal. The, the, the temporal cost of sharing, that, that's, that's going to pass. The eternal cost of keeping the message to ourselves. That is greater than anything we can imagine. Listen to what Paul writes in Philippians chapter one, verse twenty. As it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but with that full but that with full courage now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. That needs to be what each one of us says. Whether by life or death. If I'm alive, I'm going to be proclaiming the message of hope that is found in Christ alone. And if I die, may I die because I am proclaiming the message of hope that is found in Christ alone. Whether in life or whether in death, we are going to make Christ known. And if we are filled with the Spirit, that will be one of the characteristics. We are empowered for a bold public witness pray with me lord god as we come before you recognizing the power of your word recognizing the power of the gospel that we are sinners separated from you a holy god that there is nothing that we can do by our own power to bridge that gap to make that right and we face an eternity Without you, separated from you, in a very real hell, as long as we remain in this spiritual deadness. But out of your great love for us, you sent your son, Jesus, fully God, fully man, the God-man, God in the flesh, who lived a perfect life, a life that none of us can live, but because... He's God. He can live perfectly. And so as this perfect sacrifice for our sin, he willingly died on a cross to pay that penalty of sin, to satisfy your wrath, Lord God. And then he was buried and he rose again three days later. And then as we looked at today, He promised the Holy Spirit to those who believed and he ascended to heaven and we know that according to your word, he will return one day. But Father, we are to make that message known that if we confess, if we say the same thing about our sin that you do, that it is separated from us, that we cannot deal with our sin by our own power. And if we surrender our lives to Christ, we turn from our sin and we turn to Christ alone and we ask for forgiveness of our sins, and we we choose to follow him alone, then we will be saved. And we have a home awaiting us in heaven. And we here and now will receive your Holy Spirit, enabling us to share the message of hope that has transformed us with those around us who are in need of that message. And those around us who maybe have already received Christ, but need to be reminded of the power that is working within them as we surrender to the leadership of your Holy Spirit in us, as you fill us. Father, I pray that that message today would go out and make Christ known. I pray that clear and confident message from your word would lift up, would exalt, would highlight Christ alone. And Father, I pray if there's anybody here this morning, anybody watching or listening either now or later, that has never made that decision, today would be the day they would say yes to Christ, that they would surrender to Christ, they would turn from their sin and turn toward Christ alone. Father, there may be some people here who just, they've been wrestling with making Christ known because they've been afraid of what people are going to think. They've been afraid of repercussions among their family members. They've been afraid of the peer pressure that's coming, they've been afraid of what the neighbor is going to say or what the coworker is going to say or what a client is going to say. Father, I pray that you might grant them your boldness to speak a clear and confident message that makes Christ known regardless of the cost. May they have a bold public witness for you. And may that be said not only of us as individuals, but for us as individuals, east haven that we would be a people who have a share a clear and confident message to make christ known regardless of what it might cost us in this span of time that we're walking earth because we recognize the eternal the eternal cost is greater and the eternal reward is unimaginable so we give you thanks for that privilege for that high and holy honor to be counted as your children, as your representatives, as your ambassadors, as your witnesses to a world that needs the hope found in Christ alone. And we ask these things in his name. Amen.